Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael. I'm with my friend and co-host, Kevin, and we're so glad to be with you. We are. We appreciate you spending time, whether you're listening to us on the podcast, if you're watching us online somewhere, thank you for spending time. Our hope, our prayer is that in some way, this will help encourage you to spend time with God's Word in preparation for the sermons this weekend. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a little distracted right now, Kevin. I want to admit I am. I, uh, I, I, so you don't know, you may not know this, um, but I coach track and field for Silverdale. Uh, Kevin and I have been big fans of track and field. I know you can tell by looking at Can't us. Can't you? Yeah. For those of you who are watching, <laughs> who are listening to the podcast, God bless you. And thank you for doing that. For those of you who are watching us, uh, you know, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. We're we're both, uh, but but I will say I know you're out there with the kids. I, know I am, and I'm a little distracted because uh, we have our first meet coming up in a couple of days. By the time you see How's this, we'll be well beyond. And the season's great. We have we have such a good team this year. That is awesome. We had our team pictures this afternoon, and um, before that, we had a, a short practice. And I mean, I know you know this, but. So I've, I've coached uh, long distance running for Silverdale for a number of years. And when somebody comes out to be a part of the team for the first time, you know, we try to assess what kind of runner they are. And if it's obvious, they're not going to be a sprinter, right? You know, they just don't have that speed. Um, the coach will send them to me. And I feel like I'm the coach that they love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. Having we we've discussed it a little bit. I you know at first I thought that was an interesting perspective, but but I mean knowing, I have a great relationship with my team. But yes, when yeah. when when I look at them and I say, okay, today we're going to run, you know, for our long runners, you're going to run four miles or five miles or six miles. The yes. middle distance runners look at me like, oh, is he no, serious? Yes. There's no way. And you, the 800 runner, are going to run two miles or you're going to run this many laps or you're going to do this particular workout. And they're just like, I, there's no way. So if you imagine (laughs) joining, right? Say, I want to be part of the team. I want to contribute to the school and and join in. And you think I've only got to make it around the track once or twice, right? That's what's in your head. And then you show up and it's like, okay, go out there and do 16 laps. (laughs) That's, that's practice. I can understand how that might daunt the, the, enthusiasm of some of the students. I don't know why that's distracting me right now. I guess it's just it's because okay. we have a big meet coming up. It's our, well, now your daughter runs. She's she does. Run she runs a in long college. time. Well, both of our daughters ran. So uh, Abby ran in elementary. They both ran in middle school and high school. And now Katie runs in college. So well, now Abby runs in college too, but it's different because she runs for fun and there's usually a bakery or a coffee shop at the end of, <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. Other runs, that's, so she'll go and then she'll run back. That's not the way it works with Katie. She's she is out there. Uh, you know, I remember when she called me and she was so excited. She'd just run ten miles nonstop, wow. and she was so excited about it. And I was like, I could drive ten miles nonstop. I, <laughs> you know, as long as nothing, long as I don't see like a Dunkin' Donuts or something out there, 
And to be fair, I'm not a big you know, Duncan, whatever it may be, daylight. I, you know. Oh yeah, anyway, we're, we're we're not. I'm, I'm product an equal opp- No, I'm an equal opportunity uh, donut eater if it comes down to it. So. Oh well, you think we should get into the facet? We probably better. So for be those good. of you that are new, uh, and if you're still with us, yes, <laughs> we uh, we love to talk about the Bible. Um, specifically uh, with the goal of preparing our hearts for yes. worship this coming weekend. And that's really... And sharing what, with our families. Yeah. We, we both have done that. And that's what this project was born out of, a desire to help people prepare for worship here at Silverdale. So we follow uh, a particular Bible study method called the SOAP Bible study method. We talk about it quite often on this podcast and in church. SOAP is an acronym, S-O-A-P, and the S stands for scripture. We want to spend time reading the scripture yes. often. Uh, if we are able to know what our pastors are going to preach on, see pastors, we have multiple campuses here, so uh, different pastors preach at different times. But if we know what they're preaching on, we like to read that and encourage others to do. So uh, O is for observations, S-O, observation, make observations, you know, read the passage, think about the passage, ask questions of the passage, and then go to some good resources, uh, not well, as a first no, go-to, no. but as... The scripture's you know, first, yeah. absolutely. And then as we make observations, what should come out of that, what we're expecting is there's going to be an application. I'm going to find a thing that the Lord has here for me to apply to my life. It may be an attitude, maybe an attitude of thankfulness. It may be laying away or laying aside a sin, putting something to death in my body. uh, it, It could be any particular application, but preparing my heart as I read the scripture, as I make observations, then looking for, Lord, what would you have me to do in my life differently than what I was doing before I engaged this passage? Yeah. And P stands for prayer. Once you understand what the Lord wants you to do with it, to pray over that. You want to begin with prayer and end with prayer. Yeah, because it's not just about being a better person at the end of it. It's not, I'm I'm going to, by the force of my will, do something differently. It, it is about the fact that God alone is the one who changes us, yeah. right? He's the one who's working in us. Uh, and so we go to him uh, and, and depend on him for that. And what's cool about this method is you don't have to wait until you get a certain amount of Bible knowledge to put this into practice. No. You can start wherever you are in your faith journey yes. as a, as a as new believer, mature believer, and, and then just grow in that. So as you gain more knowledge, understanding uh, of the Bible, you'll be able to grow in your observations and yes. continue to make more application. And so it grows with you. So we're currently uh, in a study in the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in chapter seven today. And Kevin, you want to pick up with... Uh, the beginning of seven? Yeah, so uh, let's start. We'll read uh, chapter seven, verses one through three. How's that sound? For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. Now, I just got to say, I've, I've really been excited about I know you've been this. looking forward to this passage. I have, because the, the author of Hebrews, he started talking about uh, Melchizedek a couple of chapters ago in verse chapter 5, verse 10, yeah. um, but then he stepped aside to. And, and dealt with some other things. He says in, in chapter 5, verse 10, that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And then 
he says, you know, it, I'd like to talk more about this, but I need to deal with a few things in your life right now. I need to deal with, uh, you know, your maturity, your laziness, yes. and some other things. And some of that was hard to hear. Your lack of response, right? Yeah. You're dull of hearing it. It, it was. That was, a, that was a challenging passage, I think. That, certainly for me, I think we've talked about this, and, and I'm sure for a lot of you, some of the stuff that he addressed to these believers, to these readers at that time, it was kind of challenging. We're going to get into chapter 7 now, and we're back to addressing who this person Melchizedek was, and most importantly, not just Melchizedek, but what impact did he have? What's, what's the important part about Melchizedek? How does he stand out yeah. in the Old Testament? And one of the things we're going to talk about is he's a representation. And we call these things types, right? Because something represents something. It, there may be something in the Old Testament that you look at and it has qualities about it. And those qualities, like being a man of righteousness, being a king, being a priest, being one who brings peace, right? All of those qualities we're going to find out in chapter 7 are also attributed to Jesus. And so we're going to be looking at how Melchizedek's priesthood may be different from some people, but may be very, very similar to Jesus. And in that way, he, he's a type. But we'll dig into that a little deeper here in just a minute. So if you've been with us through the book of Hebrews, you know we've talked a lot about the Levitical priesthood. Yes. Uh, that they had a particular role in the life of the people of Israel during Old Testament times, and even through the times of Jesus, yes, yeah. uh, to lead the people in worship. And we're going to see that though Jesus is a great high priest, his priesthood is different it is. So the whole nation of Israel, through whom God was going to bless, he, through Abraham, he was going to create a nation, and through the nation, he was going to bless everybody, right? That's going to be the, the culmination of that promise that he made through, uh, through uh, Adam and Eve, right? That, that there would be a descendant, and he would battle the, the serpent, the accuser, uh, and and he would crush him under his feet. That promise is going to come through the line of Abraham, and, and we know that there's something important there that we want to see. Uh, but here we also find that there's a, a little bit different thing about Melchizedek and Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's pick up in verse 4. See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And these descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people. That is from their brothers. Though these also are descendants from Abraham. But this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. Or the promise is, it is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men. But in the other case, by one of whom is, it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Man, there is so much here. Let me just say, we can't delve into the depth of all of the things here. I think there are a couple of pieces that are kind of significant in this Lots of places to go with that. But in verse 7, it says, It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Now, in this case, I think that ties to the fact 
that Abraham, when he met Melchizedek, gave to Melchizedek a tenth portion of, of the spoils he had and was blessed by Melchizedek. In that case, that means Melchizedek is superior to Abraham. Abraham is inferior to Melchizedek. Now, for you and me, probably doesn't make a whole lot of difference, right? Because, I don't know, maybe maybe you are a Jew. Maybe that's your uh, cultural heritage. Maybe that's your, your DNA heritage. But for me, it's not. I'm, I'm fully Western, fully, fully here in America and, and, and come from completely Western stock at this point. Um, so that's not something that I look back to. But it's important that I understand that the people this book was written to, they were beginning to look back from, from that idea of being a Christian and going to this, the group that they went to. So a house church and, and being in a, a group that was a group of Christians, going to that, they were beginning to look back to Judaism, right? They were considering going back to that old method because socially, it was advantageous for them. We, we see a lot of places in the New Testament where there are believers who were put under some kind of obligation. We see that in Acts, we hear that Claudius actually kicked the believers out of Rome. He's like, y'all got to get up and go out of here. So we see that Aquila and Priscilla and many others left, and we find that Paul was, he, he transferred with a lot of them to another city called Corinth. We see in 1 Peter that a lot of believers had been shipped off to the hinterlands. They, they had been sent to the far eastern part of the Roman kingdom, and Peter is trying to encourage them to bear up under all of the social pressure. Well, these believers are living around that time, and they're struggling with this. They're struggling with why don't I just go back to Judaism? The Romans don't hate Judaism, right? The Romans may see this idea of Christianity as another king. They, they may see it as threatening, but here these people are considering turning back. So in the same way that the author of Hebrews had said, Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the heavenly beings, the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than, than Joshua. He's now striking at the foundation of the Israelite nation by saying he's in the same type as Melchizedek and Melchizedek was superior to Abraham. I think it's very important to these people. Now, what does that mean for me, Michael? What, what am I thinking about when I think about what I might turn back to? Well, there are a number of things in our lives that we could turn back to, you know, uh, especially, well, I shouldn't say especially new Christians. That's where I, that's where I started to go with that. But really for any of us, as we go through life, as we grow in our faith, we're going to hit bumps along the way. We're going yeah. to run into conflicts. We're going to have challenging times. And there are going to be points where we're like, well, we might think, you know what? I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if this is for real. I don't know. God, are you really there? Or, and, and do you really care? Yes. And it might cause us as believers today to consider, I don't, I, it's I don't, easier. I don't know where I believe. Yeah. And, and what, what, what the author here is encouraging us is, yes, it is. It is worth it. It is true. It is right. We do need to be all in. All in. And that's, that's something that I know Tony in, in some of his messages in this book has preached. Why would you go back to the inauthentic, the, the thing that wasn't completed, the thing that wasn't satisfied? when you've already received the thing that is genuine. Mm -hmm. Why trade in the genuine thing for the thing that doesn't completely satisfy? But I think we really get into some of that a little bit 
further down here. Yeah, I think I think in this next portion of scripture it, it speaks to that. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need would we have? Uh, would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? So, if they could have received what they were looking for under the Levitical priesthood, yeah. What use would there be for a new one? And the reality is they couldn't find it by going back. And the reality and, is for us too, we're not going to find it somewhere else either. Yeah, and there's there's even a, a stronger statement further down to describe that. But I want to make sure that people kind of get this idea. So you have Abraham, who's subordinate to Melchizedek. He has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob, whose name changes to Israel. Israel has many sons. And a couple of those sons are Levi, who was... One of the, well, it would be 400 years different from Levi to Aaron and Moses. Right. There'd be mm-hmm. 400, 450 years, somewhere in there. And so we know that even the Levitical priesthood is hundreds of years after Abraham meets Melchizedek. And, and we're looking at this saying, hey, if the ones who came from Aaron or came from Levi and, and from Aaron 400 years later, if their ministry could satisfy what we need, because we may not be Jewish, but we're believers, as many of these people were believers, but we couldn't find satisfaction in that either. Yeah. It had its place for a season. It did. It, there, was, there was a reason. There was a reason that the Lord gave it to them, and He cared for them through the law and through the priesthood. It's not that it didn't have a place. It's that it was yeah. satisfied. And, and Jesus says that in Matthew um, I've actually well, got the, in, in Revelation talks. I'm, I'm sorry, Romans talks about that too. How yeah. would I have known what sin is had the law not told me what sin is? Exactly, we needed the law to explain to us. Yeah. But let's. Yeah. I guess we'll go ahead and read further. That. So, verse twelve: For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah. And in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And so in the in the Old Testament times and, and even through the, the time of Jesus, there was a there was a divide between priesthood and and kingship. kingship. So the the priesthood came through the Levites, specifically descendants of Aaron, Moses' brother. So Moses was a Levite, but he couldn't be a priest because right. he wasn't a descendant of Aaron. However, the line of the kings came through Judah, Judah. and yeah. Jesus was born in the line of Judah. So you can go back to Matthew the, and, and, and Luke and read the genealogies of Jesus and see that he was a descendant of, of, of Judah. So Jesus could be a king, but according to the Levitical law, Jesus couldn't be a Levitical priest, right? That's right. That's right. Makes sense. So. Yeah. So in verse 15, this becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not of, on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witness of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the, the Levites went through great pains to show their genealogy. They kept Had to prove incredible it. records. Yes, that had to prove it. And this gets back to uh, what it meant about... Up in verse Mel- 3. Yeah, in verse 3 about Melchizedek not... He didn't have a father, father or mother, mother. Or genealogy. Yeah, I was talking it, about genealogy. It's not There's saying... There's no re- yeah. recorded yeah. 
It, it doesn't say he was born without a father or mother. He was just created. It doesn't say that. What it's referring to is he. we know he's not of the Levitical line because there's no record of his father or mother or genealogy. So he couldn't possibly have been in the Levitical line, not to mention the fact that he was a contemporary of the great-great-grandfather of, Levi, you know, of Levi, as well as that Levitical line when Moses and Aaron comes along is 450 years after the great-great-grandson Right. So right. there's there's a huge difference in time. And that's what that that section really is referring to. Yeah. So continuing on with verse 18, for on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And I really like this phrase, a better hope. Yes. We're going to talk more about that as we as we get down into verses uh, around 25. Um, I lost my place. At 20, and it was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus a guarantor of a better covenant. Man, so we've got a better hope and a better covenant. I, I think... That should be very encouraging for us. And I think this, this points back to that idea we were talking about before of why would you accept something lesser when you have the thing that is perfected? So verse 23, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. Well, that makes sense, right? They die, they couldn't keep being a priest. Yeah. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. So we know that when Jesus rose and ascended back to heaven. He went to the right hand of the Father so he could be there for a reason. We're going to talk about that right now, which, yes. which I really get excited about because this gets at the heart of what Jesus as our great high priest is all about. It's not yes. so much that he's a descendant of Melchizedek that I get excited about. When I talked about it, I was really looking forward to get to this. It's this right here. And we've talked about similar things in chapter four um, when we talked about, you know, we can go before the throne of grace with confidence yes. because we have a great high priest. A promise that we were given earlier in this book. We want to make sure he wasn't a he wasn't a descendant of Melchizedek. No, no, no he, no. he was in the same way. He had some of the same qualities. But right now, because his priesthood is eternal in the same way that Melchizedek's was said to be eternal, he continues to be our high priest. He continues to make intercession with us or for us with God. So he stands in that place and intercedes on our behalf. Which is what verse 25 says. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession. What a beautiful truth. Isn't that? And we wouldn't know this if the Lord didn't tell us that this is what Jesus was doing. The Lord put these words into the mouth, the mind of a person, and they wrote this down so that we could know it because it would still be true even if I didn't know it, right? There's so much about God I don't know and can't understand, but how beautiful is this that I have that better hope, that better covenant, and it's entirely based on the fact that right this moment, Jesus is interceding for me. You want to finish reading the passage? Let's do it. For it is indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. 
For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priest, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Well, we do hope that, and as much as I would love to talk about this on and on and on and on, we do hope that you'll take some time to read this and think about this to prepare your heart for what the Lord is going to say in worship this weekend. We'd love for you to be a part of one of our services this weekend. We have a number of opportunities. We have a Saturday service here at the Bonnie Oaks campus. We have a number of times and locations on Sunday, including online options if you're not in the area or you're just not able to come in person. Uh, check out the website for those times and locations. And we hope we hope that you'll be with us. And we hope that you'll spend time rereading this this week. Spend time with the Lord in His Word and just enjoy it. this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a six-week sermon series called Jesus in the Midst. John chapter 13 and 14 record Jesus's final words to his disciples in the upper room. They are about to enter the darkest moment in history and Jesus shares with them the essentials of what they need to walk through them. You know, the things they needed in the midst of their darkest hour are the same things we need in ours. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. Lastly, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing at Silverdale. We really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on all our different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.